Amen. Good evening. You may be seated. Merry Christmas. We are glad that you are with us. Thank you for coming out and, uh, and making uh, Glad Tidings part of your Christmas. Uh, so it is Christmas 2015, and it is 70 degrees outside. And no, we are not in Florida. I've got a bad feeling we're going to get punished in January and February for this. But it is 66 degrees or 70 degrees and it just adds to the craziness of everything that's going on. How many of your lives are a little bit crazy right now? You guys are, some of you are lying, right? Most of our lives are probably a little bit crazy. Uh, it's one of the busiest times of the year. Uh, if you've ever traveled at Christmas time, even the radio the other day, I heard them talking about if it's an international flight, get there like three or four hours early, domestic two or three hours early. Um, it is expensive to fly, it is expensive to travel, and everyone's on the roads. There are lines everywhere, right? Lines at the airport. Uh, there are lines. Lord, I stopped at the grocery store this afternoon in the middle of the day, and there are lines at the grocery store. Um, there are lines and traffic. It's backed up. Even the side roads are crazy busy. Just driving here from Rockland, uh, I actually went to pick up Lori. She got off work early. And uh, about 1.30, just the back roads in Rockland were just jam-packed. But there are just people everywhere, and... Uh, if you've done any last-minute shopping, I'm sure you've experienced uh, these lines, the lack of parking, and probably just talking about this is probably stressing you out. Hopefully by this time you are done because time is up. Uh, and then to add to the craziness of our schedules, some of us are hosting, right? Some of us are having people over, whether it's family, whether it's friends, and if you're like most normal people, you're probably thinking, man, i got to get the house clean. And, uh, uh, you know, growing up as a kid, there were five kids in my family, and, and my, you know, my parents were pastors, and so they were, you know, people were always coming over to the house, and my mom would always come up to us and say, look, people are coming over, we need to clean the house. And of course, as a kid, you know, with five kids, that's a lot of mess, right? And so as a kid, I always try to talk her out of it by saying, mom, it's wrong to deceive people. You know, it's just... It's just, you know, we shouldn't live a lie, and, and this is just who we are, and if this is the way we live, then this is just the way we live. It should just be that way. Um, of course, it never did work, and, uh, and so now I enforce living the lie in my own home by cleaning up the house, but, uh, but it's, just, it's, it's, just, it's just crazy, um, all the busyness that we have in our lives and so I just want you to imagine right now, like wherever you are, some of you probably are not quite through. Some of you are going to rush out of here. Some of you have prior engagements. Some of you guys have maybe more shopping. And some of you guys have houses to clean. But it just can you imagine bringing a baby right in this, into the midst of your schedule, like tonight, right? All of a sudden, tonight, with all the craziness, all the travel, boom, there's a baby coming, and you've got to go and, and, and like receive this baby. How many of you guys go, like, I don't have room for a baby, and all of that, of all that, brings, into, uh, all that brings into my life and, and, and the chaos of everything? Because the reality of it is this. You're going, like, where's someone where you're going? Because this is what it was like when Jesus was born. And you're going, what? What are you talking about? Well, I want you to think about this, right? Caesar Augustus had just called for a census for the entire Roman Empire. And he said this, listen, everyone needs to go to your hometown. Guess what that meant? Everyone was traveling. 
Everyone hit the roads or the paths with their donkeys or whatever it may be. But they were moving. They were going back to their hometowns. And so guess what that meant? Everybody was moving at the same time. So into this, it, it, I had to, there had to be chaos. There had to be jam paths. There had to be just annoyance. There had to be people packing and people shopping and people buying and people trying to figure out where they're staying and the stresses of all of this. And so I want you to really kind of capture that right now because this probably would have been what it was like when the entire Roman Empire is moving around, going back home. It wasn't just Joseph and Mary moving by themselves silently on a silent night. It was probably bustling. It was crowded. They were probably hitting up against shoulders. They were probably irritated people. They didn't have horns in their donkeys, but they were probably saying horrible things to each other. But it was probably crazy. And this is the night, right, in the midst of this chaos and busyness and lines and and stress and anxiety that Jesus says, this is the moment that I'm coming. Open your Bibles with me, or you can just read with us um, above my head to Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. This is what it says, starting at verse uh, 2, actually. It says, in those days, um, verse 1, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone, everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Who has room for a baby on a night like tonight? Who has room for a baby on a night like that night? When everyone, the entire Roman world is moving. Everyone's looking for a place to stay. And here is Mary, right? In the last stages of her pregnancy, ladies, think about this. On a donkey for 90 miles. 90 miles, right? Sometimes you go, man, maybe Jesus picked a bad time to come, right? 90 miles on a donkey. But all of this, Jesus had planned. Everything was intentional. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 says this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sake became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. The way Jesus came in the midst of that chaos was intentional. He wasn't born in a palace. He wasn't born in his own home. He wasn't born in a sterile environment. He, wasn't, he was born into the busyness of life. He was born into the stress. He was born into the schedule. He was born into that trip. He was born basically at a time when it was less than ideal to people who honestly did not have the provisions for him and in a community that did not have room for him. And that's the time that Jesus said, this is when I need to come. In the midst of the craziness, in the midst of the stress, 
This is when Jesus said, this is the perfect time that I'm going to come into this world. So Jesus didn't choose to make his first appearance, his coming, in the cleanest environment, did he? Man, if I had remembered this when I was a kid, I would have said this to my mom when it came to our home. So Jesus didn't choose to make his appearance in the cleanest environments, but the dirtiness of the environments. Nor did he choose to come in the calmness in life, but he chose to come in the chaos of life. Why? Why? The reason why is because 2,000 years ago, there was a message in the way that he came, and that message is is supposed to speak loud and clear to you and I tonight. He came into the chaos because even then in his coming, he's saying, no, I am painting you a picture of the way that I come. At the way that I come to the world, at the way I come into people's lives, this picture is for you, it's for me. Because the way that he came 2,000 years ago is still the way that he comes tonight. He didn't come because we finally cleaned up the world enough for him to come. He didn't come because we finally became righteous enough to entertain the king of kings. He didn't come because all of a sudden we were good enough, clean enough, healthy enough. Do you remember the first time you told your kids to clean the room and they cleaned it and they welcomed you into it? The minute you walk in, you go, yeah, I can see what you did. Like the floor is clear, but there's stuff like crammed in the corners and under the bed. Like that's a picture of your life if you try and clean it up for Jesus. Because you can see through and go, nah, like I can see what you've done. Like you've just stuffed stuff things. Like, hey, welcome to the home. And so he didn't, he didn't come, right, because we were clean enough. He didn't come because we were righteousness, uh, righteous enough. Though you see the whole purpose of Christmas, the whole reason Christmas exists is, is because we will never be clean enough. We will never be righteous enough. And that's why he came. He came not for those who think they are healthy. He came for those who know they are sick. He didn't come for those who thought they were clean enough. He, knew, he came for those who knew they weren't clean enough. He didn't come for the perfect. He came for the imperfect. And so he came to the mess and he came to the chaos 2,000 years ago because the picture he's painting for you and for me is that's the way he comes into our lives. He is born not into the palaces of our lives. But it's like he's born in the shed in my backyard. He's born into the darkness of my life. He's born into the uncertainty of my life. He's born into the sickness of my life, the weakness of my life, the conflict in my life, the bondage in my life, the sadness in my life, the anxiety in my life, the dying in my life. And it's then that he says, now that is where I am going to make my appearance. And that's the message of Christmas. It's exactly what he did 2,000 years ago. He didn't wait for it to be cleaned up. He said, no, the chaos, the mess, the stress, the anxiety, the turmoil, the confusion, the the place where you're not ready, the lack of provision, there is where you need me the most. Our houses, meaning our lives, don't have to be cleaned up 
for him to come in. Our lives don't have to be righteous enough for him to come in. All we need to do is open the door. In the midst of our mess and stress and anxiety, and when he comes in to the darkness of our life, comes light. And when he comes into the uncertainty of our life comes a promise. And when he comes into the sickness of our life comes a healing. And when he comes into the weakness of our life comes might. And when he comes into the conflict of our life comes peace. And when he comes into the bondage of our life comes liberty. And when he comes into the sadness of our life comes joy. And when he comes into the dying of our life comes life. And that is Christmas. I want to ask our servers to come up. I believe Jesus wants you to really grab a picture of what Christmas is because what breaks, I believe what breaks his heart is that so many people celebrate this holiday, this Christmas, and they've never actually experienced Christmas. They can decorate their homes with lights, but in their world is darkness. They can celebrate the twinkling and the presence and the gifts have never received the real gift from Christ. And, and all of this means nothing if we don't grab onto the fact that he came to pull me out of my chaos and out of my darkness and out of my wretchedness and out of my sickness and out of my hurt and out of my abuse and out of all of these things that make me think that I am unworthy of him because I am unworthy of him. In fact, when you think you are worthy of him, you are not. You're deceiving yourself. More than anything, our hope tonight is this, that you wouldn't attend a Christmas Eve service, but you would have Christmas tonight. If you've never had Jesus come into the midst of your darkness, you've never had Christmas. It would be sad. For us to leave tonight. If you came here and even those words I use like darkness and, and sickness and hurt and pain and shame and abuse and anxiety, if that's you, if that's where you are tonight, I'm going to tell you, man, Christmas is so much more than what you think it is because he says, no, I was born. And he wants you, even as you see a picture of a manger scene, as you hear the stories of how we travel, he wants you to understand, no, I was born for this to come into your mess and to, and to bring you Christmas and you can't fix it. And the reason why he's called Emmanuel, God with us, is because he is with us in our mess and he is with us in our sickness and he is with us in our pain and he is with us in our darkness and he takes us by the hands and he leads us out to a place that only he can lead us to. And he says, that is Christmas. In a few minutes, we're going to be lighting candles all over the sanctuary. And we're going to see about the light coming into the darkness. And more than anything, he says, he wants that to be just symbolic of what's actually happened in your life. If your life is dark, no one has to convince you of it because you already know it. But whether you stay in the darkness is your choice. Because he stands at the door of your darkness and he knocks. 
He stands in the busyness and into your life. You go, I don't have room for Jesus. I don't have room. There's so much going on. Listen, you just have to open the door. You just have to open the door and he will come in. I want to pray tonight. I want to give you an opportunity if this is where you are tonight before we go into communion if your world is dark will you simply open the door if you've been saved for a long time but maybe there's an area of your life which is dark or miserable would you open the door to that area and allow Jesus to come into the midst of it if you will do that He will step into your life and you will experience Christmas like you never have before. I want to pray a prayer. If that's you, this is what we ask. I just ask that if you want Christ in your life, if you want him to forgive you and wash you of your sins, you want him to come into your chaos, then just simply agree with me or pray these words after me. He will come into your life and set you free. Would you bow your heads? Lord Jesus, we just recognize that you are the Son of God. That you left heaven and you left your riches to come and be born in a stable, in a dirty environment, in the midst of stress and chaos. And you did all of that because that's where we need you the most. God, that you took all of that anxiety and all of that shame and all of that bondage and all of my addiction and all of my sin, you took that upon you and you took the punishment that I deserved in death upon your shoulders and you went to a cross and you died in my place defeating all of it and setting me free. You took my death and gave me life, my sickness and gave me healing, my bondage and gave me freedom. And Lord, I ask you to come into my life to forgive me of my sins that I might have Christmas for the first time with you and that I might walk with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen.